Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, we celebrate the first Sunday of Lent, and we turn to that classic story of Jesus' temptation in the desert for the gospel for this weekend. Now notice how it begins. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Now that's good. This is exactly what God the Father wanted for his Son to do battle with the devil and defeat him in his own terms, unlike Adam and Eve had done. Before Jesus begins to minister, before he preaches, teaches, heals, performs miracles, Jesus must undo the wrong of Adam and Eve. Go back to the story of the fall of grace. Adam and Eve, they don't defeat the devil in the temptation. Instead, they succumb to that temptation. And in doing so, they usher in sin into this world. And in doing so, they create a momentum of sin that can be seen throughout the Old Testament. Well, the first thing that Jesus has to do is not just stop that momentum and conquering the temptations and the devil, but reverse it. And that's what he does in the desert. And that's what the Holy Spirit is leading Jesus to do, to reverse that momentum of sin that Adam and Eve created and to conquer the devil and his temptations, which is what Adam and Eve should have done. Now, I would argue temptation is not always a bad thing. Why? Because it's precisely in that resistance to that temptation, in our struggle with it, that we come to know who we are. And part of knowing who we are is knowing who we are not. Now, the desert represents a stripping away, so as to make the fundamental things of our faith very clear to us all. A good analogy would be Major League Baseball. Right now, Major League Baseball is experiencing their spring training. And so what do they do in the first few weeks of spring training? They get back to the basics. They learn how to hit the ball, choke up on the bat. They learn how to field grounders. They learn how to pitch a curveball. They're getting back to the basics. Well, so too with us as Catholics. Lent is a time in which we must get back to the basics. Prayer every day, penance, mass every week, fasting, abstaining, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. More to it, you see great biblical figures spending time in the desert. It's a period of testing, a period of cleansing for them. Take, for example, Abraham and Isaac. They walk three days and three nights. They finally get to Mount Moriah, where Abraham's faith is tested. How about Moses? He sees an Egyptian official mistreating an Israelite and immediately kills him. And in doing so, flees into the desert and for years and years is a shepherd until he finally encounters God on Mount Sinai. Or how about St. Paul? He encounters on that road to Damascus 
the least likely person he ever expected, Jesus Christ. And in doing so, his life has changed. He converts to Christianity, but he doesn't immediately join the apostles. Instead, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul fled into the Arabian desert and spent three years before he finally made his way up to Jerusalem. And so, the desert is a place that has no distractions in which we are able to clearly focus our attention on God. Well, we have to recognize that Lent is our spiritual desert. We have to free ourselves of all the distractions in our life and focus intently on our faith and relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, in the gospel we hear, Jesus enters into the desert. He confronts the temptations. But these temptations are for the most basic to human nature. Notice also, too, all these temptations, they correspond to the topography of where Jesus is. In the first temptation, Jesus is on the floor of the desert. And so, we assume this is a low-level temptation. Jesus, it says, it hasn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights, and so he's starving to death. And so this temptation is a basic and low-level temptation, but yet still powerful. The devil said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to turn to bread. Now this temptation focuses life on material goods to satisfy our bodily desires, whether it's food, drink, entertainment, games, whatever it is, should we avoid these things? No. As I said many times, we're Catholics, we're not Puritans. We should enjoy these things. They're gifts from God. Food, drink, entertainment, but they're not the ultimate good. But when our lives become dominated by these things, when they become the center of our life, then we're in trouble. Now we are blinded. We are blinded to the ultimate good which is God and God alone. St. Augustine, I think, gives us a wonderful analogy. He says these bodily desires for food and drink are kind of like children, very insistent. They want what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. And so we know kids can sometimes pressure and even demand things from parents. And any parent knows if they indulge their child every time and all the time, Pretty soon that child will be running the house. Well, Augustine would say, apply that to the spiritual life. These desires for food and drink and entertainment, if we allow them to dominate us, if we always indulge in them, they'll be running our house. In this case, the house of our soul. Now notice how Jesus responds. One does not live by bread alone. We can't base our life on this simple temptation We can't allow these things, food, drink, entertainment, to be the sole determining element of our life. Next, the second temptation. Jesus moves a little bit higher. It says, The devil took Jesus up and showed him the kingdoms of the world in a single instant and said, I shall give you all power and glory that has been handed over to me. I may give it to whomever I wish if you just worship me. The second temptation is toward power. We see this throughout world history. People tempted by power. Power is deeply alluring, but it's not the ultimate good. If we make power the ultimate good, if it becomes the center of our life, then we become spiritually corrupt. 
Look at the significant figures in world history. Alexander the Great, Caesar, Napoleon, Stalin, all seduced by power. Power is such a dominating force that most people, when seduced by power, rise above that first temptation. They don't care about food, drink, entertainment, or games. They're so consumed with power. Notice also, too, what the devil says. I shall give to you all this power and glory. It has been given to me. Well, this is quite a stunning indictment of the powers of this world. And this is one of the reasons why when one rises to a position of power, whether it's in the private or public sector, whether it's in government, there's always that difficulty to resist, that temptation to dominate. St. Augustine referred to it as the libido dominante, the lust to dominate. Notice Jesus' response. You shall worship the Lord your God. Him alone shall you serve. Regardless of how seductive power is, it's not worth the price of our soul. If we make power the center of our life, then we worship the devil. If having power means surrendering to the powers of the devil, it's just not worth it. Instead, at the heart of the spiritual life is surrendering to the will and the power of God. Now, the third and the last temptation is the highest Jesus, remember, he started at the lowest level. He started at the floor of the desert, and then he was taken to a place where he saw all the kingdoms. Now, the next step, he's taken to the highest place in all of Israel, the parapet, the temple. Now, Jesus is standing on the roof of the temple. Remember the temple. It's the center and the heart of all of Jewish life. The temple is the religious but also the economic and political epicenter of all of Israel. Well, Jesus is now standing on top of all those things. Essentially, he is now standing on top of or in charge of the entire Jewish way of life. It's of greatest glory that he's standing on top of. And so this third temptation is not for bodily desires or for power. It's the temptation for glory. The ego. As I've said many times, your life is not about you. Your life is not about my wants and my desires and satisfying my way of life and my happiness and everything and everyone else in this world get behind me is secondary to me. I'm number one. No, instead our life is about us in relationship to Jesus Christ and living out that relationship each and every day of our life, to the best of our abilities, with a great deal of humility, as we emulate the humility of Jesus, as well as his mother Mary. Friends, today we begin the great season of Lent. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and Lent is all about getting back to the basics in the spiritual life. Daily prayer, Mass every week, confession, Stations of the Cross, the Corporal and Spiritual Works of Mercy. It's a time in which we take a long and deep look at ourselves. We take a look at the temptations that we have in our life and see them for what they are. And then we reach out. We reach out every time we pray, every time we come to Mass, and every time we pray the Stations of the Cross, we reach out to Christ, who defeated the devil in the desert, and now will help us to defeat the temptations in our life so that through this Lenten season, 
we may grow stronger spiritually and prepared to celebrate the great feast of Easter and Jesus' resurrection. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.